0: Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors is sponsored by InnerVine. Get the best camping lanterns, flashlights, and more at InnerVine.com. All right. Yeah. Well yeah.
1: Now, I
2: must I admit, can't admit
0: I can't.
3: Hello. Expect- Welcome to another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us this week. My name is Tony Colombo in studio with producer Chad Ellis and my partner Bo Matthews. Bo, how's it going?
0: I'm doing good, Tony. How are you guys doing?
3: You know, I can't. Uh, I can't complain. Um, it's a, it's a crazy world. There's lots to talk about. But uh, you know, I'm trying to focus on the positive as much as possible. Absolutely. How about you? Yeah,
0: <laughs> is it is it a net positive experience? Is life a net positive experience? Is it more positive than negative? <laughs>
3: Uh, currently the experience is probably a net positive if you stay away from the television and social media. <laughs> so Ain't that the really truth.
2: Posi- <laughs> <laughs> it's a catch 22.
3: <laughs>
0: I, I tell you what, you know, it's interesting to, you know, to be on uh, these talk stations in St. Louis because, you know, you really do. I feel you really do get the truth in talk radio when it comes to network television. It is so divisive. And it's so, uh, absurd because, uh, the other night on the RNC, uh, we heard from, uh, the governor of Iowa, very, very impressive lady. That is the governor up there. And I had no idea, no idea at all that, uh, that I was decimated by this huge storm. And I think, was it Tony that you sent out the name and the explanation of
3: that storm with the hundred mile an hour winds, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Because I know it was about never the storm. Recorded. I didn't send out. Yeah. I don't think I was the one that sent out any information, but I am aware of that. I'm aware I, of that storm. What do they call it? Like the hundred year storm or something like that? Or? Well,
0: it had a name and I can't yeah. remember what the name is. But but the funny thing was, is, you know, when, when we flooded in 93, we had people from all over the region and beyond come in to help us sure. You know, with water and sandbagging and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh! If I would have known how bad that storm was, I would have went. I would have went to help because they helped us so many years ago. Mm-hmm. And the, it just it blew me away. And it just proved that it's such a disservice on network television, network news channels. It's like, come on let's tell let's tell the real story of America, not just what you want people to believe. There so, anyway, are so I'm, many. I'm upset.
3: Well, there are so many things that happen in the in the the world today that that just a few years ago would have dominated the news cycles that don't even get, that don't even get discussed anymore because two
2: hurricanes. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Because, because Trump has dominated the headlines so much and has been the sole focus of the media by and large since his arrival on the political scene that. It's all we talk about is what ever Trump hear about. and the Democrats. Yeah, all we hear about, all we talk, all the media talks about um, is you know Trump and the Democrats and their war and whatever and things that used to be, get you know types of stories like the storm and and other events that have happened uh, over the last few years that would used to have been news making. Events don't even get talked about anymore because we're so focused on the palace intrigue with Trump and Pelosi and Biden and the election and coronavirus. We're just being
0: we're being fed. And and it's just uh, it's just heartbreaking. But anyway, my heart goes out to those in Iowa. I had no idea. And I'm so sorry I didn't. Yeah,
2: it was uh, actually a part this storm hit. Iowa, Nebraska, Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin,
0: and Michigan before it start losing steam. So it's crazy. Over 200,000 people without power. It was, uh, yeah, okay. So the name of it that I thought you had sent out was Derrico.
3: Yeah, D-E-R-E-C-A. Gotcha.
0: D-E-R-E-C-A. gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it just it just ripped up so much.
3: But anyway, hi guys. Hey everybody. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of talk, lots to talk about today. We are a little bit later in the show. Going to talk uh, some fishing. We're going to get out in the great outdoors a little bit later on. Talk to our buddy uh Mark McMurray, the owner of Bluff City Outdoors. That really uh, cool catfish tournament, the Alton Catfish Classic, is just is just a few weeks away. So we're going to talk to him about that. So that'll be some fun stuff. We're all also going to uh, dive into all the stories of the week. We had the RNC this week, the DNC last week. So we're going to have some reaction to that specific to uh, the Second Amendment. Um, our our friend Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller, a columnist from The Daily Caller. Uh, if you've listened to 97.1 for any amount of time, I don't know if she's been on KMOX before or not, probably, uh, but uh, she's, Virginia's been uh, um, a part of many of the shows uh, on 97.1, so you're probably familiar with her um, and her work at The Daily Caller. She has been focused on the conventions for the last couple of weeks, and we're going to talk to her about um, the election, and not, not just nationally, but also locally, like the uh, governor election here in the state of Missouri. And it's potential uh, effects on your Second Amendment rights. How much impact could these elections really have on uh, on gun laws and uh, Second Amendment rights and all of that stuff? So uh, we'll get to all those answers and have a great discussion with Virginia Cruda coming up in the next segment. And right now we will start the show the way we always start the show with our friend Aaron Tarlow, the owner of Southern Armory. Aaron, great to talk with you, my friend. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Cannot complain, sir. How's uh, how's everything at the shop?
2: Still hopping, but we're still getting in ammo, and we're still getting in guns.
3: <laughs> uh,
2: ten more AR-15s coming in from our our manufacturer, and uh, we had somebody in the shop the other day who was amazed that we had a bunch of gun or a bunch of ammo sitting on the shelves. He's like, I go everywhere and I can't I can't find any. So uh, if you need ammo, you need guns. Come down. We're getting ready to start classes back up. Cool. Got that all? All those beats. So uh, details working out. Yeah. What's up?
3: So I know that uh, I know that 2020 has given. It- every reason under the sun to buy a gun and we've talked about that all year whether it be coronavirus or the uh, social unrest and you know all these new gun buyers but you you mentioned the AR15s um, and we saw obviously the uh, McCloskeys have been such a part of the news cycle here lately and uh, Mark McCloskey and his AR15 you know have been a a national story has uh has that McCloskey story had an impact on gun sales like that specific story have you heard any you know has that seemed to spike sales in AR15s or were AR15s already popular enough on their own and didn't need Martin McCloskey to help sell them
2: <laughs> yeah they were they were they were already super popular uh to begin with and did not need any help selling them the uh the big thing with the, the AR-15s as they were just they're hard to get mm. and uh, so we had to work out logistics like anything you know ammo was hard to get guns were hard to get uh, everything and the industry has been hard to get so we had to work out logistically you know how we're going to get that and and why is that it.
3: why is that specifically that AR-15s are are hard to get
2: well it's just a high demand item so mm. you know your ammunition a little bit more starting to come out now like ammunition is hard to get because um, the manufacturers of the primers are having trouble getting the raw material to make the actual primer. And the primers, um, like a little circle on the back of the case that you punch with the firing pin and it sets off, goes through what we call flash hole, goes through the flash hole, and then goes into the actual case itself and ignites the powder. And so that, that, that starts the, the chain reaction, and that's been hard to get um, because the manufacturers are having trouble getting the raw materials. So uh, they're predicting ammunition shortages through 2021, maybe even into 2022. Wow. So, with all that being said, um, a lot of the primers, a lot of people don't don't realize this. A lot of the primers, um, there's government contracts out there because government buys ammunition uh, for you know the law enforcement side and for national defense, and civil defense, all this other stuff. And so, a lot of these primers are going to these ammunition manufacturers. But these ammunition manufacturers are having to fulfill these government contracts. And and so the commercial market, right? Some people go, oh, it's the civilian market. It's the commercial market and the government market, right? Are competing against one another for the same for the same stuff and uh, for the same for the same product and the uh, the government market's gonna win out because you know, your Winchesters, your Remingtons, your Hornadays, uh, et cetera, are, are not wanting to lose those government contracts because they're big Government contracts, and then what they do is the overrun um, gets sold off to the commercial market. Uh, so that's what's going on. So you're 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 gonna gonna see this ammunition shortage continue, and if you're a reloader, it's gonna it's gonna continue as well.
0: You know, that's what my question was going to be, Aaron, was uh, for those that reload, and I don't do it myself, I just, I don't trust myself because, you know, we're talking dangerous materials with black powder and stuff like that, gunpowder. Is is it really straining those that, and usually guys that reload have tons of, you know, tons of uh, supplies, uh, but at Southern Armory, do you guys offer the reloading supplies?
2: We do, and and so we do have some powder and primers and kind of odds and ends, Uh, but nothing like it was, you know, prior. So we're having trouble getting the projectiles and the cases just, just like everybody else. And it'll come, it'll come up and it'll be like, Hey, we've got, you know, seven pounds or eight pounds, you know, we'll go get these one pound jugs of, of, you know, uh, powder. But, you know, we do have a limited amount of stuff there and you are right. You know, the reloaders, you know, they buy stuff um, in quantity, you know, I, I, I reload and I still got a four pound jug, um, Four, four. Yeah, it might be a four-pound jug of uh, uh, powder for my pistol uh, ammunition, and it re- it's really a broad spectrum. It it reloads all your handguns from.
0: And is there 25. is there a concern of it going bad? Like, how do you, how do you store it to make sure? Like a dehumidifier or something like that.
2: Keep it keep it dry. That's the, yeah. that's mm. the thing I will say. And and you get some of these guys that are a little over the top and. Uh, and they have like nitrogen, and they'll take nitrogen, and they'll they'll top off the they'll top off the uh, actual jug itself. Now I've got buddies that <laughs> do the same thing with like you know automotive stuff, like you know brake fluid. They'll put nitrogen over the top of it because it stops the oxygen wow. from getting his moisture, and it's fine if you've got. Then I'm not saying everybody run out and buy a nitrogen,
0: you know canister, <laughs> but you
2: know, you've got the ability to have nitrogen tires or whatever. You know, more power to you. I don't Yeah, I'm not that
0: guy. Don't worry. I'm not that
3: guy.
2: <laughs> I just keep it in a, in a cool, dry place and, and call it good. So-
3: Aaron, you were talking about, uh, you were just getting ready to mention the, uh, the classes starting back up with all these new first-time gun owners out there in the area. We know that they're there because... Uh, you and, and uh, the other stores in town have been uh, selling guns to a lot of first-time gun owners this year, and unfortunately, they haven't been able to get uh, very much training because of the coronavirus and restrictions on having gatherings and things like that. Uh, what's, the, what's the latest there?
2: So we are going to start those up. Uh, you can get more details. Call the shop, 314-965-4867. That's 965-GUNS. And uh, get put on the list. We'll send out an email. And so uh, basically it's gonna be a hybrid class, it'll be some virtual, we're all getting you know, the Zoom has taken over mm-hmm. is what it seems. And we'll we'll work through all the NRA stuff together.
3: Can you um, legally lot- can you get your CCW over Zoom over virtual calls or do you have to be in person to get that uh, certificate legally?
2: So and so that that was the big question is like well
3: how Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Aaron, are you still there?
0: He did say that was a good question. I know he did, but then we lost him.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We don't have a good answer. answer. (laughs) Dang it. We had a good question, but not a good answer. Uh, Aaron, are you there? Mm. All right. Well, we lost Aaron Tarlow. Make sure that uh, if you want to get an answer to that question, you can give him a call out there at Southern Armory. Check them out on the web at southernarmory.com. That's southernarmory.com. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Southern Armory on Facebook also is a great place to keep up with Aaron. And uh, we'll get that question answered next week. Right now, we've got to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk to our friend Virginia Cruder from The Daily Caller. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to... Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. All right.
0: There's something wrong with this cloud. The actors here have not
3: got a clue.
0: It is Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. My name is Bo Matthews. Tony Colombo continues his vacation. He'll be back here uh, next week, I'm sure, because uh, there's so much going on. We can't live without him. Uh, thanks to uh, executive producer Chad Ellis for uh, doing what he does best, picking out fantastic music. Uh, Trace Atkins again there. Uh, we, yeah, we do kind of have a theme going. Trace Atkins is just a great. A great country boy. Uh, Chad, you're doing a good job. Are you enjoying the music? That's the question. Actually, I am. Uh, I found I found a, a weird little
2: niche to country music because of the storytelling. And I am very much so uh, a storytelling kind of person when it comes to music. So everything... That I listen
0: to, I kind of need it to have substance and to say real words. (laughs) Okay, expect your phone to be blown up because I have all these songs populating in my head just on what you said. You love storytelling? I got you, man. I got you. <laughs> um it is Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors and uh, I want to thank Aaron Tarlo for being on the show Linda Lipka so far and of course if you missed any portion of the program or you want to share this program please share it uh, share the podcast because uh, we put out the podcast of uh, Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors on Fridays and uh, if not maybe uh, moments before that and then we also do a podcast exclusive that is exclusive on Mondays but uh, so I got to thinking last night. And the world that we're living in, it is just crazy. Uh, And we just, you know, sometimes you don't know what to believe. So, you know, everybody has to really uh, decipher what is and discern what is truth and what is not. And uh, so I got to thinking about people that are in their isolation situation. Okay. There's a lot of single people, males and females, a lot of single mothers out there. And it got me to thinking about how many single moms carry a concealed, uh, a concealed weapons uh, permit, or have they gone to training, or do, or do they believe in firearms? And immediately my mind went to a guest that has been on before, Megan Turnbow. Uh, I've only known as a big game hunter for so long, and she's always been my go-to when I had questions. Megan, welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. How, how are you?
4: I'm terrific. Thanks for having me back.
0: What uh, was amazing is I, I simply text the words last night, are you a CCW kind of girl? And you said, now, Bo, you know that I'm an NRA instructor. I did not know that. And you definitely have your CCW. Um, so how often are you doing classes in this in this time frame? Are you doing any classes?
4: Actually, right now, I haven't done a class in a long time. I used to um, do classes with Sheriff Marshak. Out in Jefferson County, and um, hopefully, we'll get those um, started back up soon. But he's pretty busy with uh, everything he's doing as he's sheriff. However, um, I've had my CCW permit since the beginning of uh, time when it was allowed in Missouri. So I'm very. And
0: about what era was that, do you think?
4: Um, Gosh, I'm trying to think. Probably 16, 16 years ago. I don't know.
0: Let's take the, the question further, because I asked Aaron Tarlo earlier in the program, at what age did you fire your first firearm?
4: Oh, my goodness. I was probably five or six years old, to be honest with you. I've been in the outdoors uh, all my life. My dad and family always had uh, firearms, uh, rifles, pistols, shotguns. So I started out at a very young age.
0: I, uh, I, it always intrigues me to find out because it sounded like you had a family, a village around you to show you how to do it properly, how to respect uh, firearms. Um, so do you, do you have people that talk to you or ask you or even in classes you've held before, uh, maybe single moms that have never, never ha- held a firearm, but in the, the headlines that we see are worried. They want to protect their family. Number one, safety uh, to keep the uh, firearm you know, locked up and safe until you need it. Uh, do you get those kind of questions from, the, from your circle?
4: Yeah. Actually, I get it all the time, um, Bo. And what I do with uh, with women specifically is we'll go to a range. There, there's some places around St. Louis, like the Range off of Manchester Road, that offer classes specifically for women who've never shot before. I like doing those with women that haven't done that before because they can train them. I can assist while they're shooting, and it gives a lot of good information. I'm also um, a member of. Top Gun and Arnold, and, um,
3: That's and a great place. It, it,
4: it is a great place, and I'm always available to answer questions with regards to firearms, because it's really nothing to mess with, to be honest with you. It's a firearm. It shoots bullets. You can hurt somebody, kill somebody with that. However, yeah. um, with, with um, the Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It's my right to be able to carry um, a firearm, and I choose to do so, especially right now with all of the... um I don't know, all of the, all of the craziness going on with the world, with um, the the people protesting and just the, the violence increase that we've seen lately and me being single as well. I definitely want to be able to um, defend myself if something happens.
0: A point that I want to make, Megan, uh, Megan Turnbow is our guest. Uh, she's an NRA instructor. Um, she's held classes, many classes, works with the Jefferson County Sheriff Dave Marshak. Um, it, it's not impossible. Now, you had a, uh, the exception of you had a village of of family and friends that, you know, you, ra- you were raised around guns. So you were very comfortable early on because you learned to respect them and you learned to fear them. Right. It isn't impossible for somebody that's never held a gun before. A couple of weeks ago, we had a buddy of mine on never owned a gun at 62 years old, went to a CCW class. It is not impossible to think, oh, well, I didn't grow up around it. I can't get one. You can be trained correctly, can't you?
4: Oh, absolutely! And just because you have the CCW permit doesn't mean you know how to properly secure, clean, and work work a firearm. You need to practice it, just like anything else. If you're in baseball, you need to practice it. If you're in volleyball, you need to practice it. Hunting, sure. whatever it cooking. may be,
0: cooking, cooking. anything, yeah.
4: Right. You have to practice and you have to learn correctly. So just because you have the CCW doesn't mean that, oh, my gosh, I can carry a concealed firearm and know how to use it. So my recommendation, ladies, um, and I'll be happy to get a class together if needed, if people are interested, even one-on-one classes. Um, Learn how to work, work it and know what firearm feels good in your hand and you feel comfortable with it because you need to be able to take that firearm out wherever it may be and be able to fire it quickly if needed to protect you so you're not a victim or your children as well. So my, and, my and that
0: goes for men too. you. And, and oh, I, I do want to point out, yes, th- this conversation is to two women primarily, but also men, because let me tell you, you are better off as being safe by using and going to a CCW class with an NRA instructor like Megan. Because when I took my now wife, uh, when we were dating, I took her out shooting and I was just so excited that she had any interest and she had never shot a gun in her life. I was not an instructor. I was just excited about the fact that she wanted to do something with me uh, that I had an interest in. And you know what? It was a 357 Magnum. I didn't even think uh-huh. about ear protection. I was so excited. Her ears right. rang for two weeks. Oh. So it's and something, it's a something a simple like that.
4: Right. And it's a 357 Magnum. I would never have somebody start off with a 357 Magnum because that could scare them off. So I always start with like a 22 because it doesn't right. kick. You can learn how to aim it and shoot it without it kicking. It's it, it's easy to load, unload. Um, so I always start out there, then I'll go up to like a 380, then a nine millimeter. And I'll do that for males and females because you don't know their background. You don't know how comfortable they'll feel with with holding that um, a firearm in their hands. It's not a weapon until yeah. you utilize it. Um, so I always do that. And I'm actually taking one of my friends who hasn't, um, ever shot a gun before. Um, taking him Saturday to, to teach him as well. But my, my suggestion is go to a range that has different types of firearms, like top gun. You can, you can hold it, feel it, shoot it. And figure out which one feels good in your hand, and, and that should be the one that um, you would want to do for a carrying conceal. I don't recommend a twenty two I recommend three eighty nine millimeter or higher just for the knockdown power um, yeah, because the, the rangers they, they
0: they will they will rent you the gun, correct
4: absolutely they will though like with my membership i don't have to rent them i get them but i do have to pay for the ammo that i utilize with it but um yeah go to go to a place like top gun put the gun in your hand shoot it see if it feels good but remember you have to wear eye protection and ear protection please remember that
0: really Uh, hold on let me write that note down here
4: yeah (laughs) yeah, i felt i felt so
0: i know I felt so bad, and but we are still together. I mean, that wasn't a deal breaker. Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, but but uh, I, I didn't know you at that point, I guess, or I, I didn't have your number. Um, right. You know what, Megan, Megan Turnbow, thank you so much. I have mad respect for your skills. Um, are Are you making it through? Everything okay with uh, the isolation? Are you going nuts? You know, you mentioned the world is crazy. I believe that the the world is vibrating with all this uncertainty and I think that Agreed. that's why I choose to carry as well because you don't know when somebody's going to snap in front of
4: you. Well, and that's the truth and it'll be at the least you know places you expect it. I mean, it's happened in movie theaters, it's happened it happens in stores, it happens outside. Sure. You really don't know. So um, having, um, having your carrying concealed, for me, is very important, and, and you'll get used to it. It's just like an everyday thing now, um, and I, don't, I certainly don't want to be the victim. And, and for the single women out there or not, if you have children, um, to be able to protect your, your children is what you want to do. But please learn safety and know how to um, put your gun up at night and where the children don't get it, and just yeah. learn, learn the basics and learn them well
0: and know what to ex- and know what to expect from it. Well, Megan Turnbow, thank you so much for your time on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. We will talk again soon, okay?
4: My pleasure. Thank you, Bo.
0: Awesome. Okay. The uh, Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors, this segment brought to you by Razorback Armory, your full-service firearm shop that strives to be the area's premier destination for firearm enthusiasts. They've been in business a long time. They know what they're talking about. Heck, they probably know Megan, and they want to know you as well. On Manchester Road, half mile east of 270 on Manchester, you tell sent you to Razorback Armory. We've got more of Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors coming up next. on the water heater dogs barking phones ringing one kid's crying one kid's screaming and she keeps
3: apologizing he says they
0: My name is Bo Matthews, Tony Colombo's on vacation, but Chad Ellis, the executive producer and myself are making it happen. And I just heard a story. Actually, I just met a guy a couple of weeks ago and then I heard a story last night about his daughter and it's in regards to firearms. Now we just talked to Megan Turnbow. She said she was, you know, very young, but she had a a group of uh, family and friends that were all about firearms. So she grew up with them very safely as well. I want to welcome Sean Daniels to uh, the show because Sean's daughter uh, was very familiar with firearms at a young age, so much so that it, uh, it, it was an experience that she had at, I believe it was school, that she really showed her skills when it came to firearms. Sean, welcome to Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors, sir.
1: Oh, it's great to talk with you and be on the station today.
0: You have got a lot of pride when you talk about your daughter. She is a uh, St. Louis uh, County police officer now. But take me back to that, uh, to when she was growing up. You're all about firearms. You showed her how to do it right.
1: Sure. Well, many, many, many years ago, my daughter's now 23. uh, Back when she was very young, uh, I was around firearms uh, all my life and uh, had uh, wonderful parents who allowed me to basically get a super nice collection. We did a lot of shooting, uh, gunsmithing, reloading, uh, did a lot of competition shooting uh, back in the day. Uh, I had uh, three children. Um, unfortunately my oldest one uh, no longer with us he passed away in february of last year but mike was a, a fanatic loved to shoot loved uh, loved the shooting sports um, my daughter loved it and i was a uh, federal licensed farms dealer for a number of years back in the 80s and 90s and um, i put some stuff away for the uh, for the children and uh my daughter got her first experience uh going out to the property we have uh, and doing some target shooting which she absolutely loved uh, About what age
0: was she, n- do you think? Pardon me? About how old was she? About how uh, old was she?
1: Lizzie was probably, uh, I would say, nine, 10. I'd say 10. I would say 10 years old. Okay. She'd been around this stuff, but to where she really, we felt comfortable where she'd be able to get out and handle something small. And um, okay, we took out, uh, uh, it was a little Winchester Lever Action 22, and she really showed a lot of enjoyment and became very, very, very good Um with the shooting, in the shooting sports, uh, she had extremely excellent vision. I mean, she was just um, putting basically putting the rounds through uh, the, the, the same hole in the target. And I was very impressed. Wow. Um, yeah, she was very, very good. I was very proud of her. And as she got older, we worked our way up. And uh, Liz loved shooting anything. Uh, when she got in her mid-teen years... Uh, it was not uh, uncommon for her to say, "Dad, take the old M1 Garand out, or can you take the Springfield out?" Or, <laughs> the time, uh, I mean, we had some. Uh, the biggest one we had was a uh, Winchester uh, three seventy five Holland Holland Magnum. And uh, she says, "Dad, I want to shoot the 375. Love shooting the 45, the 44 Magnum. I mean, this gal was not afraid of anything. Would sit there and rack off round after round after round of 12 gauge with double lot buck coming out the barrel. I mean, you know, that's a heavy wow. load. She loved it and was not afraid of it. She respected it, but uh, she was very, very good and." Um, so tell me about
0: the she... story that I just heard about uh, about sure. her with the uh, the law enforcement.
1: Well, when she was in high school, and I believe this was her, it was either her junior or senior year. Um, she had the opportunity to go with, uh, I think, four or five other students down to the FBI building here in St. Louis, and she went down there uh, just to see what it was all about. And uh, the one of the agents was showing him, you know, the 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 the, uh, the lab down there, and then taking him into the gun room where they had all uh, the the firearms in there, and. He took a uh, Thompson submachine gun. It was a uh, 1928 A1 model, I believe. And he says, uh, "Who knows what this is?" And my, my daughter says, "Oh, that's a Thompson submachine gun." And he looked, and he says, "Oh, okay. That's that's." He says, uh, uh, "That's great, you know." And he says, uh, "You know, do you know much about it?" She says, "Well, you know, it shoots the 45 uh, caliber, the automatic pistol cartridge." And he says, well, <laughs> does anybody know why they call it a submachine gun? And, of course, my daughter being around me, she says, well, it doesn't fire a rifle cartridge. It fires a subcaliber or a pistol cartridge. Well, they just kind of hit it off, and it's showing, like, some of the uh, the AR-15s that they carry, the M4 models and stuff, and she knew. And he was just so impressed that when this was over... She was talking with him, and she had her picture taken with an FBI, like a windbreaker, and she's holding the Thompson, and she still has it in her room. And I, every time I look at it, I just think this is great. You know, that she really was interested in law enforcement prior to that, but this really got her, uh, got her revved up, and uh, got her hooked. Yeah, really. And
0: so her trajectory is that she has now become at 23. Uh, a county uh, police officer, St. Louis County, and uh, is, as, as a father, and you and your wife, are uh, when we see the headlines today, you know she has the skill set. She is going to be as safe as possible in this crazy world we're living in. How does it feel to be parents of a police officer today?
1: Well, you know, it's, I have a lot of respect for her. Uh, we do a lot of praying, both my wife and I and, and our family. Um, this is something that she wanted to do. And um, she did four years at Southeast Missouri State and Cape Girardeau in criminal justice and went through the uh, police academy uh, down there last year. And um, when this all ended in December, when she graduated from the academy, uh, she contacted uh, St. Louis County and arranged for an interview. And they were extremely impressed with her, uh, impressed with her grades. And they offered her a job, and um, she was uh, pinned on April tenth of uh, this year
2: um, Wow, it was a
1: great great deal. We got to meet the new uh, police chief mary barton and um just she seems like a real great gal, very tough, and it's a tough job. But uh, both my wife and I are uh, 100% behind her. Uh, every time she leaves for work, and she's actually working today through Sunday. They work four 10-hour days. Uh, my wife always says, "We'll see you tonight. Be safe." And Dad always says the same thing he's always said: "Watch their hands and never turn your back on anyone." <laughs> and I say wow. repeatedly every time she leaves, if if I'm here, uh, um, it is you know you you wonder uh, how everything is going to go, of and pray that they come home. We had an issue this past weekend, Saturday, where we lost the officer in in the city. And uh, nobody wants to get that call. Uh, His father uh, was interviewed. I didn't see it. I do not know how his father was able to talk after dealing with that loss. I, I, I just, that was awful. And that's the one thing that, you know, I hope we never get. But uh, of I will say that uh, she's had a wonderful experience. The uh, officers uh, and uh, individuals she works with uh, are fantastic. Uh, she has such respect for them. She loves her job. She looks forward to going every day, and um, it's 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 great. She wants to help. She wants to serve. Uh, she wants to help those out there that are in need, and I could tell you stories. Uh, it would take more than this radio show of just in her short what six seven months, uh, of people yeah. that they helped well, and, and assisted.
0: And uh, Sean on? Sean Daniels is the father of a St. Louis County police officer, Liz, and and I've got to ask you uh, because she's so new to the department, is there any kind of. Uh, you know, uh, rookie uh, pranks that, uh, that the other cops pull on? Has she talked about any of that stuff, or has she just been uh, part of the team? Has she She's moved up, you know, from the farm team to the pros. Now she's part of this team. There's no initiation crap that goes on. It's it's just there. she's now part of their team.
1: No, she's basically part of the team. Uh, she was with a field training officer from her uh, first day on duty, um, and she did serve time in another uh, uh Another district as she was in she's in the fourth, but she was actually up in this the second, which went up more north up towards the airport um, she's had a great time. they spoke very highly of her. she was very professional. Uh, again, she just, uh, she she loves the job. There was no real, uh, uh, besides, uh, you know, just, you know, and they basically, at first, you know, you just kind of watch, and then I guess basically it was almost within the first week, I believe, she was driving uh, the vehicle, she was walking up and doing the stops, and, of course, her right. FTO field training officer was watching to make sure everything was right. Uh, the kind of neat thing was um, her first day by herself, uh, was last month it was August 3rd and it just happened that way that was her big brother who's no longer with us that was would have been his 29th birthday and uh oh that my was goodness. her first day by herself and how that happened I think we had some help from upstairs <laughs> I think her brother may have I, been think, I, th- I think she's got a good guardian angel with her uh, Bo. I really do I,
0: I would agree uh, and it. we we will we will keep Liz in our prayers for sure. My wife and I say our prayers every night, and our first responders and law enforcement and our military are always in there. Uh, Sean Daniels, a, a new friend and a fast friend of mine, uh, we're going to keep him on for the Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors podcast exclusive, which will be launched uh, and put out there on Monday, uh, but uh, he's a gun guy, so we're going to talk guns in the podcast exclusive, and I don't want you to miss that. Tony will uh, Tony Colombo will be back for vacation and joining the program with us next week, so on behalf of Chad Ellis, our executive producer. My name is Bo Matthews. I hope you have a great week. Be safe. This is Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. This has been Second Amendment
1: Radio in the Great Outdoors, sponsored by Intervine. Get the best camping lanterns, flashlights, and more at intervine.com.